0: Welcome to the Big Three Podcast, a weekly podcast from Guy Baptist Church, where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon, because we believe that one of the spaces where faith can grow is in those small conversations about the big topics. Well, hello everyone out there listening in to another episode of The Big Three. My name's Matt and I'm joined here with my friend, Jessica Baker. Welcome
1: to another episode, my friend. Oh, delightful. <laughs> what a time.
0: It is a time. Thanks
1: for listening in, guys. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> that one person out there. We see you. You better.
1: And what are you talking about? We're viral. <laughs> is,
0: that, is that what we tell ourselves?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do.
0: People want to listen to what we have to say. <laughs> it's not like they're here for Margaret.
1: Uh, I don't think they De- are. No, definitely yeah. not. Definitely they're not. They're here for the banter, then they stop. <laughs> we're like, let's get into the big three. No, nah, turned nah, off. And
0: we're done. Questions? <laughs> what questions?
1: Um, listen, my friend, th- mm.
0: lots of things to discuss, mm. but um, I actually want to talk about something really serious. Yeah,
1: top of the list. What is top,
0: it? Top of the list. It's actually got huge impact for mm. where we're going as a society, mm. I believe.
1: Okay. I'm ready.
0: When do you put up your Christmas tree? Oh. Because. Yeah. Because it it's a big is question. it's it's mid to late November. Mm. Um I, I would, would say s- late.
1: What's the uh, date? Well, it's you we know, we both look at our phones cuz we uh, <laughs> don't know anything. <laughs> 23rd.
0: So, so late November. Mm. Um you know, Christmas decorations have been up for a while now. And I've been listening to Christmas music for a while now. Mm. Um, and something about that feels- In the
1: shops, not in your home?
0: Uh, in the shops, definitely yeah, not yeah, in my home. Yeah. Definitely not in my home. Okay, we know um, where you stand. So yes,
1: <laughs> let me
0: show you my cards. Yeah. Um, interested, yeah. Um, you know, voice of the people. Uh, what do you-
1: <laughs> As the people. Um, look, I'm a recent convert initially in my life. I mean, pre, like post little 12 baby girl. Um, Bless her. I was like, disgusting. Why are Christmas decorations up already? <laughs> Yuck. Now I welcome them with joy. <laughs> because o- why not? Open up. Why you haters gotta hate? <laughs> Because it makes me feel
0: anxious. <laughs> I think it stresses me out because if everyone else is getting ready, mm. it just sheds light on the fact that I am not.
1: Mm, you know absolutely. What I mean? Yeah. And I don't need I'm that kind of those pressure those in my life. Idiots <laughs> running around Westfields on Christmas Eve at about six PM trying to get presents for people. Okay. Yeah, so- like I'm the worst of the worst. <laughs> Although this year I've already got them wrapped. Can we just acknowledge? That's ridiculous. The development that has occurred.
0: (laughs) No. That's, that's, do
1: you know what? I've evolved.
0: Sam, my wife, and I did that one year, oh. and in the time yeah. that we kind of bought everything, wrapped them, felt completely on top of the oh, world. Don't
1: tell me this.
0: Our children changed their minds, oh. and by the time they got to Christmas, they were like, "We were like, I don't think they want this anymore." <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, what have what have we done? We've ruined everything. <laughs> the magic is gone. <laughs> the parent guilt was way too real. Yeah, See, well, this
1: is- Vader's eight month old. She doesn't know what she wants. Okay. <laughs> No, present is wrap. Okay. And I'm just stoked on life. My Christmas tree's not up because as we all know, I have a delightful little furry baby Huxley boy who will destroy everything within Doesn't his he reach. he eat the baubles? He's eaten everything. Uh-huh. Incredible. I've got no ornaments left. Incredible. Um, so we've got to put a little fence up around the Christmas tree, which isn't that festive. Um, <laughs> so I'm holding off. <laughs> but I'm happy that Christmas is here. Okay. All right. Yeah. So listen- And haters don't hate. (laughs) I mind a little bit.
0: I mind a little bit, but that's 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 more a reflection of me (laughs) than it is of the festive season. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) Speaking of, great segue. Church on Sunday, um, we returned to our series in Nehemiah, looking at the rebuilding of the wall, the rebuilding of God's people um, as a part of this series that we've been in all year, not every Sunday this year, but we've come back to it multiple times, mm-hmm. Renovation, Rebuilding for Purpose. Mark it's Radar without. got very excited, like some, like jovial, um, <laughs> enthused, uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> energized, stoked on, life. <laughs> stoked on life by a list of names uh-huh. um, that that like normally I would just go not today and turn <laughs> the page, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he brought meaning from it. Um, yeah. It was a vibe. So anyone who wants to listen to that, I actually strongly encourage it. Don't let the names fool you. There's mm. something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can head to our regular GBC sermon podcast, iTunes and Spotify. Um, so, but we're going to keep the conversation going. There are some questions about those names. We, You know, who are these people? What do they matter? That's actually not one of the <laughs> no. questions, but but still, <laughs> we want to keep the conversation going. We want to keep learning from Sunday's message and we're going to get Mark Reader in in a bit and we're going to put the big three questions to him. But before we do that, Jess, tell me what are our big three for today?
1: So question one is how do we deal with long lists of names in Scripture in our personal Bible reading?
0: Because we don't all have a Mark Reader to just, you know, no get all like excited preacher on us. Um,
1: I think he's on a Monday. He's quite an endangered species in the
0: world. <laughs> <laughs> he's a rarity, an endangered, an endangered species. Do we
1: need to put him in, <laughs> in an enclosure to keep him safe? Absolutely, put a little tracker on him. <laughs> Bless him. No, this um, he's one of the few people on the planet I think that's stoked on the names. <laughs> so we need him to answer it. Oh Question two. <laughs> People can donate today to keep Mark Raider alive. All right. Question Question two. (laughs) No, I'm still (laughs) going. Okay. How do we foster unity in the midst of our diversity? Incredible. Delightful, much needed. (laughs) And question three. How do I find where to live out my commitment to God's kingdom? Yeah.
0: So, big point was about how do we, like, being committed to the call of God, and I think that's a fair that's a fair question. Yeah, fair I question. Call. How do I do it? Excellent. Well, <laughs> let's um, let's bring him out of the cage <laughs> for a little meet and greet. Our little endangered species over here, Mark Rader, Welcome to the big three.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> I just want to apologise. <laughs> that moment.
0: No, no, I think I think it shows that we care. I it's, think it shows that we care.
2: Yeah, I just keep seeing that kind of the, that panda bear on that world environment yeah, yeah. thing.
0: Oh yeah. my gosh, we need a webcam <laughs> in Raiders office.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just a
0: whole lot of him <laughs> reading. What's Mark doing today? Oh, another book. I wonder if there are names in that one.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: too funny. Oh my God. My but name. we
1: respect you as our seniors. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
2: I'm certainly hearing that.
0: So. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, I think you should. I think you should. Um, speaking of which, um, Mark, I think the people need to know. I think, mm-hmm. I think, you know, this conversation has already demonstrated that. Um, What is it about a list of names (laughs) that speaks to your soul so deeply?
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure that it's the list of names per se, um, because they're often kind of not particularly inspiring and they're just hard to read and you kind of, it's very easy to get lost them. But I I think that as I have, um, I think grown in my appreciation and love of the word, there's something about those really unexpec not unexpected, but those kind of uninspiring passages where mm. you kinda go, this was put here by God for some reason. So mm. there must be something here. Mm. And so I think for me, some of it's the was it the joy of the chase. Like it's the whole thing about kind of so what like what is it in this that's
0: uh, he loves a challenge, I hear yeah, a little mm. bit of that.
2: Um and so I think that, you know, when and not that there's not that there's kind of, I don't think there's enormous hidden meaning in all the names, right? If we were going allegorical, we could do all sorts of funky stuff. But it's just, <laughs> you know, so it's not like there's going to be enormous applications from those lists. But there's something about them where you kind of go, like, okay, there is there is something here for us to appreciate, to understand about, about God and about um, our place and his mission and all of those sorts of mm. things. So I think it's the, it is a little bit of the challenge. The thrill more, of the chase. More yeah. than just kind, kind of, of, you know, the pronunciations of... I,
0: I want you to continue to be challenged, so that then you can tell me the answers, and I don't need to be. Like that's that's
2: that's what I need. Well, see the danger though of that, Matt, is that because I think oh, don't part of me. no, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm saying it's too, it's too early. No, I'm not. It's not. It's not a conviction. It's just it's uh, it's inevitability. I think. Oh gosh, um, because I think part of my joy of um, uh, an enjoyment of kind of digging through some of those mm-hmm. tougher passages has come because I've had people in my life who have enjoyed doing that Mm. and have demonstrated that in some way, shape or form. So I think, I think part of what I would hope for people is that they would kind of go, okay, I can, I can read the tough parts of scripture too. Mm. And there is stuff in here and it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to be stumped. And Mm. you, cause I, I do try to, I do try to kind of give people the journey of, you know, I read this and kind of went, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yep. what's going on here? Uh, and I would hope that then people would be inspired to read the Bible more themselves and mm. to grapple with some of those passages and all of those sorts of things.
0: Uh, surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, that's actually an incredible segue into <laughs> question one. So, guys, <laughs> let's get into the big three. Was not planned. Can confirm. <laughs>
1: Um, as much as you love a list of names and we've already established you can draw some things out, you like a challenge, a big part of me would just like the word count spread a little bit more evenly over just explanations of the universe, you know? Like, <laughs> just like practical life stuff. But And so because of that, a lot of us avoid that kind of stuff, mm. like flick mm. through, um, not even touching the book of numbers. Um, <laughs> so how do we deal with long lists of names in Scripture in our personal Bible reading? Help
2: mm. us out. Mm. Yeah, there are there are a few places where there's where there are substantial lists i think the most the most significant are the i think it's the first opening nine chapters of chronicles mm, which i know is them
1: well just, ah.
0: just, <laughs> that old it's chest
2: just neck. a hard slog like it's just hard See, I, but that even times. just tells me that you've read it, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Where is> it? <laughs> Can oh, I, I have and not. like and i've I, like i remember actually going okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try to pay attention i'm just gonna try to read it a little bit more slowly and it lasts about a chapter, and you're like, "Oh man, your head's spinning. You just have no context. It, it, mm. It's uh, it's 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 difficult. Um, at any rate, um, so I think one of the you know, as as I said earlier, I think part of it for me is kind of saying, "So what is in this for us? What is this? What does the long list of names tell us about God?" And um, just this past semester, I was teaching an overview of the Old Testament, and in in what I find a little bit ironic, I actually spent more time. Um, teaching and thinking about one and two chronicles than I had when I do the regular overview in two semesters. Yep. Just the way the, the course fell through. Um, so I ended up doing a bunch of reading or more reading than I've done before on the genealogies. Like so just kind of you know looking at commentaries and saying like what are you <laughs> what are you doing mm-hmm. with this and mm-hmm. what do you <clears throat> what do you gain from it? And 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 out of that there were a few things that I think um, I found particularly helpful um, just in approaching some of these lists of names again, uh, even in, in, in Ezra and Nehemiah and those sorts of things. And one of them, uh, the commentator made some, it was a point, I'm, I'm not, I can't remember it exactly, but he basically said that the genealogies remind us that God has an individual knowledge and interest in our lives. Mm. Right, so like their lists of these heads of families, and you know, in um, and in Chronicles, there's actually quite a few women included, which is interesting given how patrilinear um, mm. their um, their system of genealogies was. Normally, it's like the father and the son, the father and the son, the father yeah. and the son, but there's lots of references to women. There's the inclusion of those who are not. Um, Israelites, like those sorts of things. But the the point was that each of these names is somebody that, shall we say, God knew
1: mm. and has
2: included. And so there's something about their individual story, even if all we know is that they were the son of somebody and the father of someone else. Yeah, There's something about that that just talks about God's intimate knowledge of our lives. and And even that just kind of changed the lists for me a little bit. Mm. I mean, they're still hard to read, but at least you can look through it and kind of go, all right, this is telling me something about God. Mm. And he's not just dealing in vast generalities of like, oh, there are people wandering around. No, there was this individual who was married to this woman, and they had this... These children and this child yeah. had, you know, like there is something about tracing their lives, even in those very general ways, that speaks of God's mm. knowledge of their lives, and so I found that really helpful. I, I think the other, the other piece within within it, you know, reading it devotionally um, is um, I, uh, be kind to yourself when you are reading lists of names, mm. um, like you know, on occasion I've read. Like I've done one of those reading plans where you kind of read through the Bible in a particular period of time or whatever, and you get to like Chronicles one to nine. And it's just like, you know, several days of reading lists of names and really
1: regretting your New Year's
2: resolution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> How committed am I uh, to personal right. growth? That's right, that's <laughs> right. And, and so I think it's worth kind of being kind to ourselves and kind of going, you know, what this is not. These are not the teachings of Jesus. Mm. (laughs) These are not the laws of God. These aren't even Psalms or prophetic oracles. These are lists of names. Mm. And yes, they remind me of God's personal touch on people's lives and his knowledge of their lives and mine. But this is not easy reading. So just kind of be kind to yourself rather than sitting there saying, oh, I'm such a bad Christian that I I don't find this inspiring. Yeah, (laughs) because
0: I think think there is an (coughs) expectation, whether it's like – and I don't – I don't know. I think like sometimes we place it on ourselves that, mm. okay, like when I, if, if, like my ability to open the Bible and receive something mm. f- from mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is directly linked <clears throat> to the state of my faith. Yeah. Um, and like I've never heard that taught. I've never heard that preached into my life. Mm. And yet, like I, mm. I have felt that sense of pressure and yeah. that, and then as a result, that sense of shame mm-hmm. of like, Oh gosh, I just opened it. And that was a moment. Yep. Um, yeah. so like I think it's helpful to kind of yep. acknowledge the fact of like, Hey, like all, all scripture is important, mm-hmm. but not all scripture is easy. Um, not all mm-hmm. scripture kind of speaks to, um, the same kind of, you know, really significant or,
2: things or, about our faith. Or, in, or in the same way, yeah. Like I wouldn't, you know, like I think all scripture is inspired. It's not all equal mm. in the sense of how yeah. it speaks in our lives. If that makes some sense, yeah. That's good. And at the same time, I would also encourage people too. If you're doing a reading plan that takes you through Chronicles or sections of Ezra or right. sections of Number numbers, <laughs> like just read, like read the names. Mm. Try to try to be as faithful as you can in it because it is the Word of God. Mm. It might not be immediately applicable. Like yeah. you might not really have a lot to do with but you know, read it. You know, just kind of do what you can with it and, and go from there. I think the other thing I would say is um it's always helpful to get help. Yeah. Right? So, you know, when I looked at these lists of names and chronicles, it's like, I don't know what to do with that. You know, I really don't. And so turning to a commentator who has spent years mm. cool guy.
1: Mm. The leader of the endangered species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are others out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still oh. not convinced the webcam will work, but anyway, <laughs> um,
2: you know, and, and just kind of get some help with them, you yeah. know, and they, it was, you know, really helpful. It's not, and what was interesting, not no, that's interesting, but like it's not that they have chapters of their book on the genealogy, but they just made some really helpful. Comments about hey, there's a bit of a pattern here. You know, it starts and ends with this kind of universal component. And then it speaks about the tribes of mm. Judah and Benjamin. Then speaks of the you know the rest mm. of the tribes, and it speaks of the Levites in the middle, and that's a that's related to the overall purpose. Those sorts of things. And, and similarly, I think when you get a little bit of help in that sense, that you know, it just gives you a different perspective. You're like, oh, okay, that's Kind of helpful. Now, again, it didn't make the names any easier to read, but you're like, oh, it's really interesting that yeah. you know, in the very middle of this long list, these nine chapters, which obviously the narrator thought was important. Like he starts there, so for, mm. from his perspective, he's gone. This you need to know. This yeah, for some reason, mm. right? You know, but in the middle, there you're talking about the Levites, and the whole book of One and Two Chronicles is focused on the temple. Um, so you're like, oh, that makes some sense. That's interesting. Mm. Now again, it doesn't. It's not this life changing moment, but you just kind of get a little bit of insight. You know, so when, you know when it came to the passage in Nehemiah, you know, like chapter twelve opens with yet another list of names of those who returned in the exile, you know, 80 years before, and it's just like, that's weird. You yeah. know? so just paying attention to, you know, chronology and those things can be helpful as well. But you know, I think ultimately, devotionally speaking, be kind to yourself. Treat it like the word of God, get a little bit of help. And and kind of take it for what it is in lots of ways. Yeah. Hmm. I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) He says in faith. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Before you ask me to, let's move on to question two.
0: Mark, in your message, um, one of the key kind of, or sorry, two of the key things that kind of came out of this sense of being committed to the the plans and purposes of God was this um, this need of in- inclusion, um, but also unity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, question two, we're we're keen to talk more about the unity piece. How do we foster unity in the midst of our diversity?
2: Mm. So this came out of, you know, for those of you who have listened to the message, it comes out of the out of chapter uh, 12, the first part of chapter 12, where um, 11 and 12, rather, sorry, um, where there's a problem of an underpopulated city. Uh, of Jerusalem which is critical for them to take care of the house of God mm-hmm. so they they commend those who volunteer to live there they cast lots to bring other people in but then the list that you have in the rest of the chapter doesn't make any distinction between those who volunteered and those who were called and those who were priests and therefore had a particular role in the temple and those mm-hmm. who were just regular citizens and those who lived in the city and actually those in the countryside like there is that they were all just kind of lumped in together, yeah. And um, I think that ultimately our sense of unity—you know—I think the the how would I put it? I guess the higher the higher up the chain you go. The more general you go, mm. like the 30,000-foot level, the easier it is to maintain unity, right? Mm. So at that kind of upper level, we're all human beings. We're all created in the image of God. And we kind of go, yep, I can agree with you on that. Yeah, You're in the image of God, and you're made in the image of God, and I'm in the image of God. That's great, right?
1: <laughs> like Oprah first. I know. You get a car. You get a car.
0: That is exactly how it's like, yes.
2: <laughs>
0: Where's my free stuff? <laughs>
2: the image of God. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, very good, very good. I'll take but, it. But the further down, like the closer you get to ground level, the harder it is mm. to maintain mm. that unity. Um, and so I think that one of the, the one of the questions that you know as believers we have to be asking ourselves is kind of how close to the ground can we get? Mm. Um, and I think that you know the purposes and plans of God that that you know for us here at Gamia, our local community of faith, feels that God's invited us into, provides us with something that is closer to the ground mm. than, hey, we're all in the image of God, we're all saved by Jesus, we're all loved by him, but not right at the very, very ground level of, oh, we agree on every yeah. everything in scripture or theology or culture, mm. whatever the case might be. And so I think in terms of fostering our uh, our, our unity then, I think we really need to... We really need to invest in what we believe unifies us. Mm. We need to focus on what unifies us as best we can. Uh, And um, and so I think that helps, right? If we can all say that, you know, to use an example from, um, you know, from my hockey career.
1: <laughs> oh, for yeah, I know. Unexpected. I <laughs> <laughs> actually started to joke. <laughs>
2: it's not that bad. Was. The shock of the, the shock of a hockey reference. It's not like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the team that I played with this last year, I mean, we were really diverse mm. in age, in background, in occupation, in belief, <laughs> you know, all like, mm. Heaps different. But what unified us was that we were all playing hockey for the same club, the same grade. And so there was a unity that kind of comes about where you go, you know what? We're not going to talk about what I believe versus what you believe or what I think about your job or my job or whatever the case Mm. might be. We're just going to focus on this is the task at Mm. hand. And there's something quite powerful about that. Mm. Um, Now, it does mean that in terms of if if we were going to take our relationships to the next level, there'd have to be some of those conversations. Yeah. you know, uh, where you'd have to be able to, you have to have the conversations and you, know, you you do, you know, sitting around after a game and you're chatting and you start talking about beliefs or family or jobs or things that are important to you, whatever the case might be. And so you start getting into that sort of mm. stuff. But what actually unifies us is not the fact that we just all liked each other or that we all came out of the same industry or whatever the case was, but that we were committed to this, this, this mm. task, right? And so I think in church, the same thing is true. Um, and we need to kind of place the, the, the mission of God at the very heart of our relationships then, Mm. because then I think that helps us maintain some of that unity because if the mission is really important, like if it's really important that Mm. we achieve what God's called us to, then I'm going to work harder at our relationships, right? Because I don't want anything to jeopardize the mission of God. Um, right. Right. And so, you know, that's when you know things like forgiveness and reconciliation and, you know, yeah. re- just relational building comes in and uh, some of those sorts of things. I think another place that, that's valuable for us to, to consider then is also where our vision as an individual or as a smaller group um, is in... Uh, use air quotes that you can't see, but you know, in conflict mm. with the vision and mission of of the community of faith we're a part of. Yeah, um, and I don't mean in conflict in a horrible way, because yep. I think if you were in a community of faith where you saw the world in a very very different way than your community of faith, I'm not sure that's the right community of faith for you. Yeah, right? yeah, you know. So you think about. Um, different types of spirituality, um, for instance, like there's there's a very strong and long tradition of a liturgical spirituality, mm. where Jesus is encountered in uh, in the sacraments, right in communion in particular. Um, and there's a sense of gathering with God's people in a liturgical format, and that's really life giving for those from an activist spirituality, where they see and encounter Jesus in the marginalized and the poor and mm. whatnot. I mean they're not liturgical spirituality and an activist spirituality. they are not necessarily going to sit comfortably with one another, mm. but you can imagine if, if someone who was an activist in their spirituality began to attend and become a part of a community of faith that was liturgical in its spirituality, mm. the point of tension would be if the activists began wanting to make, to remake the community in their own image. Mm. Rather than saying, "How can the spirituality of this of of my community of faith contribute to and shape and you know knock the edges off my spirituality? How can it contribute?" And I think sometimes we can do the same things. We can kind of have our own vision of what church ought to be. We can have our own ideas um, of how we should be involved or the ministries that we ought to run or mm. the programs that we ought to be mm. behind or whatever the case might be. And those aren't necessarily bad things, but we do have to kind of, um, either. Sometimes I think we have to set them aside yeah, or we have to delay mm. them or we have to allow them to be shaped and modified by the vision of the community mm. of faith that we're a part of, mm. right? So that there's a sense of where I'm not kind of doing my own thing as part of the church, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I'm part of Guy and yes, we're all about lives changed by Jesus. But seriously, I just want a prayer book service, you know? Yeah, um, <clears throat> where you'd be like, oh, I'm not sure that's going to really help mm. us mm. unify. Not necessarily a bad idea in this context and setting. So I think that it's always helpful to be asking ourselves like where does my vision mm. of, of what we should be about as a community of faith, where are there similarities and differences that might be a better way to say it than yeah. conflict with the, the community of faith that I'm a part of. Mm. And if there are really wide divides, then maybe I need to find another community of faith where yeah. my spirituality, my passion, my, you know, yeah. my giftedness, whatever it is, can really come to the fore rather than kind of kicking against the goads and saying, I'm, we're going to, you know, we're going to do it my way. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that's a really tricky tension to hold. Yeah. Um, Cause I
0: think there's the, like, it is a, it can be difficult because there's, there's also space for someone who's kind of outside of let's say the status quo mm. um, to help a community kind of go oh like actually you bring something different that we don't have that we haven't mm. acknowledged or haven't made space for before yep. but we're excited by that yep. like and and that opens up opportunities but like yeah. like how, like how mm. much do you sit in that tension i guess mm. of kind of going oh maybe maybe what i'm bringing to this community is what this community needs, and and there are also things that this community is bringing into my individuality that I need, and and there can be this beautiful to and fro, mm. um, or actually like we're we're too different, and maybe this just isn't the right community yep. for me. Like yep. and 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 existing in that space of I want to give it a go, I want to yep. give space for yep. to maybe learn and maybe um, see what potential there is here but also i don't want to like you said kind of get to the point where all i'm doing is kind of hitting a wall and um kind of yeah yeah and i think
2: some of that is about you know kind of uh, you know i think that you if you you join a community faith i think you want to kind of go okay this community faith is you know it's being led by god in a particular way Mm -hmm. can i get on board with that Mm. like can i get on board with that and yeah there might be areas you know where um uh, where I bring something different or new mm. or outside of the box or challenging or whatever the case might be. Mm. But I think one of the ways that you're more likely to be heard is if there's a sense of, I do want to be, I'm here, I'm committed. Yeah I'm committed to the direction. And then be asking yourself, okay, so what parts of what I would see as the preferred future mm. do I need to push for? Mm. What bits do I need to drop? How do I need to allow this community to, have to shape my right like yeah. so if you just kind of come in to i mean this is true not just in churches this is true in workplaces right you know someone joins a team and they bring with them an outside perspective which is really valuable you know for those first but few weeks before they're part of us and then they don't see anything anymore right but they brings outside perspectives they might bring different skills But really, you you got to be on board with what the business is on about or what Mm. the school is seeking to do. And in that space, you you need to bring some changes Um, or else it just becomes really, really disruptive. Mm. Yeah,
1: Uh, a watching (coughs) and waiting kind of period of, let's see, they're not doing things automatically wrong because it's different to us. Let's just have a look and see how they can change
2: me. Yeah. And and you want to build some trust. Yeah. Right. So once I trust that, Jess, you're not just trying to derail everything that we're doing or that you don't know, you know, or that you want us to, you've got this particular vision, which is different from where we're going. Once I trust and you kind of hear that in people, it's like, okay, well, let's have the conversation. Mm. What do you think, you know, what do you think that your perspective or your experiences could bring here and how could we? incorporate them into Mm. our current vision and mission Mm. and, um, will there be change? Yeah. Okay. Maybe there will be, you know, how do we handle that? All those sorts of things. So I think, you know, that those things strike me as being quite critical to, to unity, um, you know, in the midst of our diversity to be able to ask ourselves, okay, am I on board with where this community of faith is going, how they express themselves? And I I guess to some degree, can I be on board? Mm. You don't have to conform Right, mm. uh, but it is about saying, "Yep, yeah, no, I'm on board. I can get behind this. I can pray for this. I can, um, I can be a part of this. I can support this financially and, um, in my service and those sorts of things. Mm. I think that's th- those would be the things I think seem to strike me as a, like, as a church leader, you know, that are the valuable pieces of, of maintaining unity. Yeah, you know, and I think you have vision and mission." Is even easier to commit to than, say, some of the aspects of theology, mm. Mm. right? Because there are different things that unify churches, right? There's, yeah, vision, there's vision, there's yeah. spirituality, you know, in terms mm. of an activist or an evangelical or a liturgical or whatever the case might be. Um, there are, you know, certain ministries or practices or mm. styles or theology, right? Like there's mm. a reason why you know Presbyterians tend to stick around with Presbyterians, you know, yeah. you know, like it, it, and it's it has a lot to do with you know familiarity and belief systems and those sorts of mm. things. So I think we, we have to kind of be aware that that's at work yeah. as mm. well. So yeah, that's helpful. Mm. That's a good, yeah.
0: I think they're, they're good questions to be asking, Good, a good reflection for us all to be doing. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. Well, let's move on to question three.
1: Us up, Add us to the very long list of names. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> How do I find where to live out my commitment to God's kingdom?
2: Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that this was the other thing that c- came out of the passage for me—that mm. um, there was a, quite a diverse range of people's involvement. Mm. Right? There were those mm-hmm. who volunteered, and those who were chosen by lot, and those who lived in the city, and those who lived in the country, and priests and regular citizens. But they were all—they were all seen as being part of the work mm. um, they couldn't kind of um, subcontract it to other people. Like it wasn't the people in the in the villages kind of went, well, I, I'm done. I don't need to do anything because yeah. the people in the city are going to take care of the house of God. Mm. Like let's do my, I'll just do my own thing. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that we need to recognize that there are different, um, Going to say levels of commitment, but I'm not sure that quite, quite conveys what I what mm. I mean because I think that then suggests that there's better in, and yeah, you know. But but Which I think there's not the case. Yeah. No, it's but there are different um levels of commitment, and I think that would you say different capacities for commitment?
0: So yeah, like the maybe. desire is still the same, but what I can give in this yeah, time maybe. and season,
2: yeah, maybe. I, I think there's. I mean, because I think there's also a there can be a differing level of desire like mm. a different level of commitment, right? Mm. Like to yeah. kind of, you know, you can imagine people who have just been around our community of faith, say for two or three weeks, they're like, oh yeah, this is, this is a little bit of all right. Yeah. I think I can get on board with this. I'll but, take a free coffee. Yeah. But there, you know, <laughs> there's, there's still work to be done to kind of go how committed am I? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a number of factors that go into, you know, our commitment. Like, you know, when we throw it back at you guys, what, what is it that contributes to someone's commitment to something?
1: I oh. suppose I have a passion yeah. and, in that area.
0: And I guess like, I guess this is commitment, though, but it's the buy-in like, mm. and it's like, there's a give and take to it. There's yeah. like, well, I'm getting something here. And so therefore I want to, like, I want to yep. maintain that. And so that requires something of me. And yep. I guess you could say that about, you know, anything really. Like you mm-hmm. can say it about your study, your profession, your mm-hmm. relationships, yep. like yep. there has to be a give and take. And so if I want to continue to receive in a way that upbuilds me mm-hmm. um and I, I don't mean that from an, a like a, a selfish perspective yeah. but like I like I clearly am receiving it a, a pouring in then I I understand that to maintain that I need to also pour right. out yeah,
2: does that make
1: sense yeah. yeah or they were forced to do it that too <laughs> yeah. that too
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> i mean yeah you think you know as you said that I think in lots of other spaces of life you think about being committed to a particular cause. Mm. There's something that resonates with your spirit. In mm. it. There's <clears throat> you know a, a kind of a, a few next steps that you can take mm. to get involved, and often there are people that you do it with, right? Yeah, that you get connected to mm. some way, shape, or form. And I think that's all pretty important. So I think all of that plays into finding our place mm. in in a community of faith. Um, and so I think that the the, the issue is less about is less about finding our place mm. and more about um, acting on our level of commitment is probably how I would almost yeah. frame it up. You know, so I mentioned on Sunday night, you know, kind of a handful of really simple categories, right? Like if <clears throat> if you're committed enough to attend, then then attend. Mm. Like make it a priority and be there, whether it's a Sunday service, whether it's a life group like. Be committed and commit to that. Yeah. Um, if it's to give, then give. Like if you feel like you want to get finan- be financially contributing to this, well, then do that. If yeah. it's to pray for the ministries and activities and leadership, and mm. what, well, then do that. Uh, if it's to heal, then to heal, right? There's some yeah. people who I think are committed to the church in the sense that. I'm here for now, yeah, and we're gonna kind of see how things go. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And this provides a safe space for me, and I want to step into that safe space. We'll step into that safe Mm. space, and 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 kind of make the most of that. Mm. Um, You know, I think you could you could say if it's to you know if it's to welcome, then welcome. If like find find what does your commitment look like, and then Mm. be committed to it. How can you be committed to the plans and purposes of God here, Mm. and then do that. It's To some degree, it's as simple and as complicated as that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Um, You know, I think that there's an element then of understanding what we're trying to do, of taking the opportunities to be involved or slightly more involved, mm-hmm. you know, like to kind of take that next faithful step in. Um, I think, you know, some of it has to do with, just being aware of what we're on about as a church, right? Mm. Like just knowing what the church stands for and mm. what, you know, do you know our mission statement? Do you know our vision statement? Do you know our values? Um, you know, cause I think if you, if you're not even sure what the church is trying to achieve, mm. then it's hard to be mm. committed cause you're like, oh, I'll just go to church and, you know, mm. so, so whatever your level of commitment, however committed you are, then kind of take that step into that commitment. Yeah. Um, you know, again, if I go back to hockey, I was committed to play hockey. I wasn't committed enough to be on a committee yeah, uh, or join the, you know, the fundraising. armor. Or we are like, uh, no, 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 no. I've, yeah, I yeah. know my level of commitment and I will be there and I'll, you know, I'll be play prepared and I'll yep. play and I'll, you know, cheer on my teammates and all that stuff. I'll do, th- I'll do <laughs> Not that. Not necessarily
0: win, but that's fine. That's that, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um,
2: you know, but, and so like I was aware, this is my level of commitment. Yeah. Um, uh, and that was appropriate for what I was doing mm. for in about this. Okay. Just what's your level of commitment and then act that out, like live that out.
0: I think that's a really important, like, that's a really important invitation because again, um, and I think, you know, again, I, I can't pinpoint where you, um, perceive this kind of pressure, but when it comes to things of church, it feels very much all or nothing, you, mm. you know. But what you're talking about is is this reflective practice of you know taking an audit of where I'm at. I, like I want to be on purpose. I want to be committed. I want to be a part of this, and and understanding in in this season mm-hmm. or for this time frame mm. or um, while I figure this out here's what I can do. I I can commit to be here every Sunday and I'm going to be a part of this community in a service on a Sunday. And that's what I can, like, I actually think, and, Mm. and kind of, and that's good. Like that is a good commitment. And if you're able to live that commitment out, that is good. That is no more valuable than someone else who might be like, well, I can commit to, thousand ministries that occur multiple times do you know yep. what i mean yep. like yep. and i think that's really that's a really helpful message for people mm. to receive because again we like you, you kind of we we put these this pressure on ourselves mm. of man i've just got to i've got to be on mm. at all times for all people you know in all spheres and and that can be really overwhelming mm. and i think in that in that sense of feeling overwhelmed you you know people then withdraw yep. and kind of go well I can't do it all, so I'll do none of it. Yep. and and what I love about this invitation is like, no, 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 like find find your commitment, whatever yep. that looks like, and and then and own that commitment yeah. and step into that, and that's powerful. Like that's yeah. really good. Yeah,
2: and it, it has to do a little bit with you know, okay, if this is the vision and mission of the church, how am I contributing? How can I contribute? Mm. Well, I can contribute in these. Two or three ways. Mm, yeah. Do that. Yeah. If you're committed to it, then do it. You know, again, it's that, you know, the sporting analogy of everyone on a team, like they, they don't all play the same position mm. by definition. Mm. Um, and while there are some positions where you're like, that's a really critical position for us. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you don't have everyone in a position, mm. it doesn't matter if you've got a superstar at one position. Mm. You can't win, mm. you know, and so I think that, you know, I think for us as a community of faith, we have to, everyone has to find where I'm committed, how I can contribute to this. If I'm yeah. on board, I'm going to do what I feel like I'm called to right now, mm. step into it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think reassess that from time to time is mm. probably also a valuable mm. thing to do to kind of go, huh, I wonder if I wonder if God's invited me into something else. Or yeah. is there a, a shift here or mm. do I need to change this or you know, has my commitment changed? Or has my capacity or yeah. whatever changed because my circumstances have changed? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, those sorts of things. So it's I it's an that
0: ongoing I mean. living conversation that totally. you need to be having. Totally,
2: yeah. totally, yeah. And you know, I'm hopeful. You know, I'm hopeful with the uh, you know with the strategic directions that we're going to be you know that we've published and we're going to be you know hopefully approving um, and adopting in a couple of weeks at our AGM. Like, I'm um, one of the questions that we're already asking as a <clears throat> as a leadership is: so where are there places for people to get involved? Yeah. You know, like if we're going to achieve any of that stuff, mm. like it can't be me, mm, it can't yeah. be mm. the staff. Like, we don't have the capacity to, to do that. So, how do we find spaces for people to? Contribute and participate and join in and say I yeah. can help with that. I can be on a working group for six months, or I can yeah. sit on a subcommittee for a year, or I could join this ministry um, because my circumstances have changed, or mm. I can pray for that area <clears throat> really mm. persistently and consistently for mm. you know. So it's just there's lots of those sorts of places, and you know we need to be better at communicating that and all of that sort of stuff. There's lots lots of moving parts here, but. You know, I'm really hopeful that there'll be lots of opportunities for people to say yeah I can I can contribute here yeah uh, in more ways than just showing up and mm. giving you know electronically every mm. month or fortnight or whatever it is mm. and praying occasionally like I mm. can actually join in in, in some ways mm. that fit my skills and my time perspectives and you know all those sorts of things. Mm. So yeah I'm I'm quite, I'm quite hopeful and looking forward to what the yeah. future looks like in that sense.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. I'm keen on that. All from a list of names. Who would have thought? Who would have thought Mm -hmm. it?
2: I I will say that um I I was fairly excited on Sunday night, which is the the recording I think we use. Yeah. And I noticed a few people who I think who were just fascinated that I was interested in it. Like there was a few, they're, they're almost that stunned look of, I oh, can't listen, believe it was, he's enjoying it was this. Palpable. Like
0: th- th- there were definitely times where I, where I la- was laughing because I was like, this guy is so excited right now.
2: <laughs> it was very funny just kind of watching people's faces and kind of going, all right, there we go. There. <laughs> I'll go back to my little... Pen. So your, your enclosure, your enclosure, my enclosure.
0: We, we do it to keep you safe. We need like it's a because we want to keep you around, David
2: Attenborough. Yeah, you know, a voice, and yeah. I'm not going to try. No.
0: No. Jess and I both like, looked at each uh, other. No. We're <laughs> like, maybe this is our moment. No, it's no, it's not. not. <laughs> well, on that note, uh. Uh, thanks so much, folks. Right. See we'll you catch guys you next time. Yeah, bye. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica Baker, my friend. Yes. Like three very different questions, Mm. talking about three very different things. Yeah. So out of all of it, what's your take home?
1: I really liked the discussion around question two um, with diversity and how to bring kind of unity into a Mm. a church or a space. Mm. There's, You know, we haven't necessarily done it so well in the past and myself included came Mm. in, you know, all guns blazing, this is what I want to change and this is what church should be for me. But actually, mm. it's not about what church mm. should be for me. Um, we all have the same mission and purpose. Mm. And so how do we bring that about with the with the vibe that we've already got and the culture that we've already got? Let's yep. work with that yeah, um, and allow that to kind of change a bit of our ideas. There's mm. definitely space to bring in new and fresh stuff, mm. um, but maybe not so aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Flip the tables. <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, I think for me,
0: like question three, and and that that permission to mm. just um, to be honest about you know what our commitment looks yeah. like. I Where think, are you at? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's an important. Like, I, I think that was really important to hear from Mark. I think our, like our church needs to hear that. Mm. Um, because it does give permission, like, I don't know if you feel this, I'm sure many people do, like, this was our first year, like, without a lockdown, Mm. without, like, everything shutting down, and so it was kind of the first year of kind of, like, normal life, and, like, man, I'm wrecked, Mm. like, I may not want to put my Christmas tree up, but I want the holidays, like, and, um, and so I think, you know, the, the question of, capacity is, is, is one that a lot of people are asking and, and you bring that kind of conversation into, you know, faith, which is such an integral part of our lives. And, you know, we've all got skin in the game. Like it's important, you know, it, it, it can really perpetuate this, this, these feelings of, of shame and guilt. And, um, but what was, I think beautiful about what Mark was saying was, um, no, like it, like it doesn't have to be everything. Um, and, And in fact, like, let me give you permission to not do everything, but like, but, but have an honest conversation about what you can be a part of Mm -hmm. and and then really commit to that. Like, I think that is the challenge. Like, you know, if it's to show up, to not show up two out of every four occasions, but to show up four out of four, um, and commit to that. Like, I think that's important and and we all need to be having, um, kind of that conversation with ourselves and, and, you know, we always talk about bringing other people in to help us in that space. But, but I think that's like, so that's powerful, but that permission is also really important as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's good stuff. From a list of names, we gave him shade for (laughs) it. And yet he pulls through, he pulls through. And that's why Mark is currently (laughs) safe back in his office. (laughs) Webcam to come soon, live stream. The life of a senior pastor. (laughs) Well, my friend, I will catch you next week for another episode of The Big Three. See you then. Thanks for coming. If you want to be a part of the conversation, head to slido.com, a live forum where you can submit your own questions or upvote someone else's. Then listen out in new episodes for the answer. Check our show notes for the Slido code. Today's episode was in response to the sermon preached at Guy Baptist Church during our Sunday services this past weekend. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. You can also listen to the We Are The Church podcast, where we hear the stories of faith from those within our GBC community. You can find both of those podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember there's no thought too small, no
1: question too big.